Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? A detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard? Even How many muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Oh boy. I'm still pretty sure this is a mistake, but welcome to our Facebook Live of I'm Right, and he's Rob. Uh, we start every one of these. Uh, we start every one of these podcasts by uh, asking for forgiveness, by admitting our mistakes, by uh, basically uh, asking you, the listener, or in this case, the viewer, uh, for your forgiveness. Rob, do we do we made any mistakes in episode sixty? Did we make anything that we should worry about? No, we were we were crystal clear and perfect in all of our assessments. And we did not make any mistakes. And once again, I have forgotten what last episode was about. Well, I'm not going to look it up for you. I'm not okay. going to look it up for you this time. My God. You don't know either, do you? <laughs> I, look, I know a lot of things. I know a lot of things. I know I was very proud was, of the points that I made. It was montages. It was montages. Right, right. That's and right. we did oh. miss one because it came out after. We, with right, the an episode and... Falcon and the Winter Soldier had like three montages. Yes. Friendship montage, <laughs> train montage. I think it had two training montages and a friendship montage. Uh, it's full. Of, it was full. Yes. Full of montages. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, all right. We uh, should get started. My name is uh, Monty Ike. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much, uh, for joining. I'm going to actually look, so you know who I am. I'm going to put my name there. Uh, and let me introduce, uh, he, he's the scorpion to my sub zero. He's the Naruto to my Randy Cunningham, ninth grade ninja. He's the Timothy Van Patten to my Lee Van Cleef. He's my best friend, Rob Bloom. Uh, Rob, welcome to this, uh, happy birthday and welcome. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm actually, I am not Rob Bloom. I am. What? Oh, God. Don't, don't, don't do that. Oh, boy. Rob Bloom. Pleasure Ninja. Oh, this, everything about what you just did was wrong. And I apologize right now. I meant, yeah, never mind. Yeah. See how this, this Pleasure Ninja. There, I, I put it up. I actually changed your thing to Pleasure Ninja just for you. Happy birthday. I'm going to Thank you. It's it's you know, I've got a few hours left but yeah. I've officially become well, the oldest of the uh, of the, <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is how time works. You're always older than me. Yes. Always. yes but I mean as in on our on on our never mind go on. Right. Yes. I let's got get, Let's get this podcast going. Let's go. We're, what are we talking about today? Oh, Pleasure Ninja. Oh, Pleasure Ninja. We are talking the secret assassins of pop culture we are talking ninjas 
Oh, goody. I love ninjas. Yes, I know. Yes, you, <laughs> as you told me before we went live. A dumb no, 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 they're they're a great subject. I'm just not. Uh, I just was one of those kids who just never really got enamored. Maybe it's because I knew I would not look good in a ninja outfit. That's probably what it was. Well, I you remember uh, I've mentioned my friend Vince, who you are yeah. also friends with in the uh, growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, him, and some other kids in my neighborhood, we were huge into ninjas. I mean big uh so much so that he bought a ninja outfit and would run around the neighborhood and he and another boy who were the same size would take turns wearing it and they would make appearances and be like oh my god there's a ninja loose in the neighborhood just to fool because you know he was like two years older than me and all us younger kids would all freak out thinking there was like a ninja loose in the neighborhood that is adorable that is adorable it is, and sad it is all wrapped into we one were, so enamored with ninjas at that time which i was about in the third grade when the ninja craze hit for my group of friends and well yeah that's 1983 they dropped like 40 different ninja themed movies in 1983 so yeah. that's that sounds right that sounds okay, so absolutely right uh yeah we we should totally get us uh started sorry my uh I just realized I, I I moved some things around and now I I'm trying to get where I'm supposed to be getting. Oh, I didn't there realize I we have subtitles. That's. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start with mine. Uh, right. Uh, so these are, just to be clear, we're talking about the coolest ninjas in pop culture. Yes, uh, ninjas or ninja movie. Culture. Yeah, ninjas or ninja movies. I'm going to talk Ninja Assassin. Uh, which is a movie from like 2009. Uh, the guy who directed V from Van, uh, Vendetta directed it. And it um, it stars uh, Rain, South Korean action hero Rain. Um, and it is, it is, is like- Is it based an, on something else? Is, I don't, is it like from a comic or a video I mean, game well, it feels it, it feels like it's the same old story. Uh, uh, you know, well, boy kidnapped, raised and trained to be a ninja, then-, uh, then you know, uh, rebels against his older brother and his clan because he doesn't want to kill anymore. I mean, that's that's a tale as old as time, right? Right. Uh, I don't think any of the others on our list will ever have that kind of story, but <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the reason why I come to mind, but yeah, the reason I chose Ninja Assassin is because it's it's fairly modern uh, and it has a lot of modern movie sensibilities. Um, it's directed by people who directed critically acclaimed movies before it. Um, I think the Wachowski uh, sisters are also a part of that from the Matrix. Post-Matrix, they they were involved in this. Uh, and I believe that Rain uh, deserves uh, some props in this uh, as well as an action hero. Um, but I like it because it's like an anime, but in real life. Like the, the amount of money they spent on CG blood is insane. Like <laughs> every sword swipe uh, creates this beautiful arc of blood splatter and everything like that. If you're, uh, if you're enjoying Invincible, if you're enjoying the boys, you'll enjoy the kind of gore that's in this movie. Um, it's so got it's a lot of like, gore then is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, well, on the scale of like, is it like Kill Bill cartoonish? No. Uh, I think it's a little bit more realistic than that, but it's just a lot of blood. It's like, it's the kind of blood that they can't, fake practically so it's done in cg so i guess it's amped up a little bit but um so, yeah but, okay i 
I only recall the trailer for this movie, and mm-hmm. I remember it being a lot of like blades on chains. In the yes, yes, right. And He's like fighting with blades, and then like chains, from. like in that in the the paper room or whatever. Uh, well, there's this great action sequence where he makes his escape and he's almost captured by his brother. And, and then, um, uh, the British woman he befriends, like hits his brother with a car. Like she, she, you know, slams the back end of, of the car into his brother and sends him flying. And is like, Oh, oh John like, Wick, I mean, the other get in. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of, I like the fact that it uses the, the, and I don't know that. Guys, I, I'm not going to know the name of the ninja weapons. That's the please, eye. yeah, please do not write in or talk to us about it because I don't care. Uh, oh, by the way, if you are watching this, feel free to in the chat type and say hi. We are not going to necessarily be able to chat back effectively, but you know, say hi that you're watching. If you're not watching, that's cool. Actually, if you are watching, don't chime in because then we don't know who's watching and who's not watching, and then that makes it all better. Um, <laughs> I assume my mom. I, for, uh, I want to later on. I, I want to look it up, but I I thought that it was based on something like a video game or a graphic. No, I I swear it's not just a standalone movie. It, it's a ref. It's it's something, uh, but I don't yeah. know what. I won't pretend to know. I, what. And I'm not going to pretend to know that I cared enough to look into it. I just really okay. like the scenes, and I especially. It's funny that you brought that up because the scene with the chains I thought was the coolest thing, because again, it's not just swords on swords, it's swords on chains, and I thought that was really cool and and whatever. So, Ninja Assassin is my number five. Okay, that's my first pick. Okay, my first pick is I think a pretty big one in pop culture. Probably one of my very first real experiences with ninjas outside of movies, but. The movie Ninja Scrolls, which you had ironically just brought up the Wachowskis, uh, they were inspired to make The Matrix based upon the action sequences that they were seeing in the Ninja Scrolls. It is one of the bloodiest movies I remember seeing. And and I I rewatched it last night for this episode to kind of refresh my memory. I forgot how sexual it was. It is... It is really sexual. I totally forgot about the big, um, <laughs> I forget what the character's name is, but the, the monolithic character with the big double a, uh, double uh, mm-hmm. sided sword that he's throwing. And- <laughs> Rob, now that we're visual, you can't say the big double edged after saying, I forgot how sexual this is. And he had that big <laughs> it's, double, it's, that double. And he's yeah, throwing don't, it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> No wonder we stick with an audio medium. Oh, this is going to be attached to my name forever. So, where was I? That was a pretty, I mean, it's it's very early on in the cartoon, the animation, and that spinning and that buzzing sound of this giant blade coming at people, and you just know that if you don't move at the very last second, it's killing you. It's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and your main character, Jubei, who doesn't really feel like he's a ninja. In fact, there are very few ninjas in the movie. Um, yeah. They all are assassins. Well, he's, and they're he's all yeah, he's not wearing arts, the, but well, he's not wearing the classic wearing, outfits. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's, it's the, uh, the, the assassin that uses the string and, you know, kind of does a puppeteering with people and electrocutes people is probably one of my favorite villains. The lady who's the snake, um, 
who I totally forgot the scene, but the woman's holding a blade to her throat and saying, you know, let, let him go. And then all of a sudden the snake comes out from between her legs. It's, yeah. it's a brutal and not a meant for kids movie. And I think, I, I mean, is that I the was, parasite? came out in 1993. Yeah. yeah. Is that the parasite that you're talking about? The snake? The parasite that lives in the stomach? No, this is this is a snake woman. I mean, she is a snake woman, and she is controlling snakes. And literally, a snake comes out from between her legs and bites the woman that's holding the knife to her. And then she later reveals that she's immune to all poisons, and it didn't matter anyway. But um, good, good to know. It's it's a fun movie. It's kind of hard to follow um, if you are watching the the non dubbed version because all the names are very um, they're very long and difficult and I start forgetting who's who. And I'm, I'm, right. I'm, that's, you know, that's a shortcoming of mine, but it, it, it's so fast and so fun. And it, you really don't need even to read the dialogue. It's just fun action. And yeah, um, I love it. It's one of my all time favorites. Well, that's good. Uh, and that concludes the Asian people that we'll be talking about today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, sorry. Are you, uh, are you done with this? Yeah, no, we're, look, I'm just saying part of the reason why I'm bothered by ninjas in pop culture is because we have whitewashed ninjas so hardcore. We even make a joke about Master Ninja in my opening with Timothy Van Patten and Lee Van Cleef, and it's hilarious. And we just just love putting, and we got more of it. a few white ninjas on my list. Um, Yes, and mine too. And that's part of the thing I want to bring up is how ridiculous this whole thing is. But at least we start our list with two authentic uh, uh, from, you know, from Asia, from Japan and I guess Korea uh, to to authentic. So there's no good way of saying what I'm saying. So I'm going to keep on moving. Speaking of white appropriation, let's go to You Only Live Twice. Huh? (laughs) From uh, 19... Another one I'm not seeing. Okay. James Bond... Uh, it fakes his own death at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and he's put in Japan because uh, outside a small fishing village in Japan, one of the northern islands of Japan, uh, Spectre and Blofeld have uh, built a base and they plan on capturing both American and Russian uh, uh, space program capsules. Okay? So... Uh, James Bond meets Tiger Tanaka, head of the Japanese Secret Service, who also is a ninja. And of course, all of the Japanese Secret Service members are ninjas. And at the end, there is the sort of uh, classic Spectre bad guys in their jumpsuits, you know, fighting ninjas. There's also a great scene of like, the whole uh, poison on a string down yeah, to yeah, try to poison yeah. a person. There's those kind of scenes are dropping up. This is a 1963, poison. you said? Yeah, 1963, You Only Live Twice. It's uh, or No, it's not 63, 67, I think, actually. But it is Still, one of the first... Any six- yeah, it's one of those first appropriations of ninja into larger pop culture, in my opinion. I don't know how yeah. many ninja movies the average American Joe saw, but obviously... James Bond movies this is a Connery James Bond. So, you know, they, they were coming out like almost once every year in the late sixties and they were mm-hmm. huge hits. So this was a mass market introduction to what 
ninjas are all about. And they were these deadly secretive assassins uh, from Japan. And James Bond uh, hilariously, by the way, gets a they put a different toupee on um, on Connery. And he supposedly, quote unquote, lives as a Japanese man for a while. So he's literally. That's the one where he faces his own death at the beginning in a sub, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I Face know, his own I know death. The they bury him and all this stuff. Uh, and by the way, the, the book, uh, You Only Live Twice, is even better because in the beginning of the book, You Only Live Twice, he doesn't fake his own death. He's been brainwashed by the KGB and he comes in to actually assassinate M and fails and then they actually send him to japan to be deprogrammed at first and then he stumbles into this hmm. stuff so the book uh you only live twice is actually much doper in my opinion than of the course book. it is of course it is but yes big action sequence at the end with nameless bad guy drones fighting these ninjas and uh and tiger tanaka is actually super cool he is super suave Japanese actor. Uh, everything in his office is this really swank, mid-century modern. Um, it's just a cool-looking, uh, fun sort of movie for that. And it's fun wa- listening to uh, to uh, uh, Shatner say, "Taiga, it's Taiga Tanaka." That's right. I'm in the prefix. Did you say Shatner? You said Shatner. And oh, did I, I know. I, did I? Did I say Shatner? <laughs> yeah. I, I meant I meant Connery. You're getting your, you're getting your imitations mixed up. Yeah, but I'm I, at my desk. I'm always looking at a big, beautiful right. picture yes, of, I understand. of Jim no, Kirk. So, it, it's so there I, you go. I, you only live twice. There's my. Thing. And that was his last official Bond. I know he did Never Say Never Again, but. Yeah, well, yeah, which is Thunderball. Never Say Never is just Thunderball again, Redux. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that is. I think that is his last. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so if we were, we, we never do an episode just on James Bond movies. We can. We can. I'm totally game. Okay. Uh, I think it's your next. You'll know most of it, and I'll, I'll be. I'll okay. be the. Uh... Well, then it will be just like this episode, yeah, except different. You. We'll have to. We'll have to have to do it in August. Uh, all right, okay. it's your turn for the next one, right? Okay, my next one is because it's not like it's a good movie. It's it's really not, but it 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 was probably my honest to God first exposure to a ninja that I can remember. Um, there was a lot of movies coming out shortly after this one, but this was probably the first time I ever remember the name Ninja and ever seeing like them in pop culture whatsoever. And if you rewatch the movie again, it's barely a ninja. It's super whitewashed American Ninja. Woo. It, it doesn't even take place in Japan. It takes place in like South America. Yeah. Uh, um, it is uh, recently, and, and you'll have to forgive me because the last time I saw it, I saw American Ninja one and two back to back in the theaters with Amy at Alamo. <laughs> See, and, you have no idea what the plot is for either of them. Oh, all washed together. The plot is a joke, but they're fun to laugh at and they're really stupid and there's wonderful, you know, martial arts weapons and things like that in them. It's the only reason it's on my list is more nostalgia than anything. I remember seeing the commercials and being just in awe of the costume running around and seeing them, you know, 
they're, they're fighting with nothing is cooler to me than a katana. The katana blade is just a freaking cool weapon in any kind of, you know, media. And to see it as a kid running around with this gentleman in a black outfit who's sneaking around at night, it, it planted the seed of me thinking that you be quiet. It, it planted the seed of me thinking that ninjas were cool, even if yeah. the movie itself was not. Uh, yeah, no, I look, I don't, I'm not knocking the movie is the, so uh, there was a it's film company horrible. called Canon. Yeah. There's a film yes, company called Canon, Canon uh, which I think might've been a part of Golden Globus or Golden Globus worked for them. Or Golden Globus Golden, was a yeah. producer. In the yeah. Movie. of the, But those Canon films mm-hmm. produce like 70 ninja themed. Like, I think they bought the one outfit. Enter the ninja. Uh, yeah. Uh, ninja three domination. Ninja Three Domination, which has that great scene on the golf course, with oh, I love it. What, what, what blew my mind is there was never a Ninja Two. It was, like, it was, a ninja ninja was the first three. one. Revenge of the Ninja was two, even though it wasn't called two. And then they just said Ninja Three: The Domination. They weren't sequels. This was just the third Ninja movie they yeah. made within a certain amount and, of time. And Revenge of the Ninja—that's the one where the kids, uh, the guy's a toy maker, right? Like he makes that's, dolls and then his dolls are stuffed with heroin and that's how he gets pulled back in. Maybe, but it's totally canon. It's, I yeah. mean, as in canon, the producer. <laughs> canon films, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, a bit of trivia. American Ninja was supposed to star uh, Chuck Norris, but they couldn't get him. Huh. 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 I, I did a little bit of research that I did on it that he was supposed to be in it and they could not get him. Yeah, that's well because he he mostly fights uh, empty hand. He's, yes. He oh, prefers yeah. martial arts to be empty. You might know him as a person who likes to kick people in Wrangler jeans. So that's oh my god. What's uh, what is the name of the guy uh, that is American Ninja? What is his name? Uh, the he, American Ninja. It's oh, it's a totally like Joe. You know, super stud Joe. Uh, let's see. It is. I got it right here. It's. Joe Armstrong. Joe Armstrong. There you go. <laughs> and, and, so. and, and his 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 sidekick is Steve James or Corporal Curtis Jackson. Curtis so Jackson. I, yeah. Well, I remember because he gets killed, and then uh, and then Armstrong goes off and uh, just kills some other random people in front of a bunch of people with cell phones. I'm making so. a I'm making a U.S. agent joke, guys. Uh, I like I, so American Ninja's a fun one. I remember that as a kid. And again, like I, I remember, I'm sure there was a time when I was a kid that I was really like every other red blooded American boy, really super into ninjas and throwing stars and all that stuff like that. And I don't know what happened to me, but at some point I just was like, hmm. I don't know. Uh, I like American Ninja. I like it. That That's your uh, that's your number four. Uh, let's go to my number three. Uh, this is the comic book portion of the show. Um, and uh, this is probably the most obscure thing we're going to talk about on this list. I, possibly. I, possibly. I, and I only I, because who? Because of me. Because I bought it. I think I was the only one. Yeah. I, I think, think I was the in. only one. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, the comic book is called The Nth Man, The Ultimate uh, Ninja. Uh, it's written by the same guy who was writing the G.I. Joe comic books, uh, David Hanna. Yeah, Larry, Larry Hanna. Yeah. So he's writing G.I. Joe stuff. He's the guy who puts the bios on the back of the G.I. Joe. He's a very big figure 
and all that stuff. But Marvel says, hey, you're doing such a great job with the G.I. Joe comic and the stories you're coming up with here. Um, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you step outside of the Hasbro thing and, and have a little fun? And so he comes up with this crazy idea and it starts the, the comic issue. Number one starts with our, our, our titular nth man. Who's John Doe. That's his name in the comic book, John Doe. He's captured outside of Moscow because we're in the midst of world war three because John Doe's brother, from the orphanage he was raised is a massively powerful uh, psychokinetic person who uh, literally changed all of the nuclear weapons in the world to be inert, which throughout the balance of power. And of course the cold war became a hot war and the United States and Russia declared war on each other. And the United States sent John Doe, the American ultimate ninja into Moscow. And the first issue opens up with him in prison, captured as a POW and America throws all these uh, people to free him because ultimately only John Doe can stop Alfie Omega. That's the name of the, yeah, that's the name of the, I had to, I had to go back and do some real pulling on this. Alfie Omega, Alpha Omega, if you're wondering, really good writing. Uh, Alfie Omega is the name of the, the, the bad guy, the, the, the unstable, uh, powerful psychic. Fun fact He's still in Marvel. He's part of the Marvel universe because is he uh, is he Marvel proper? Yeah, because listen to this. Uh, the the Excalibur gets shifted into another dimension where they meet Alfie Omega, and uh, they fight. So they go into the Nth Man dimension. So there is a dimension out there. Excalibur or Exiles? Uh, it's Excalibur. It's not Exiles. Oh, really? It's before Exiles. Okay. Excalibur would do these dimension shifts every now and again, oh, I, but yeah, they that. they meet they meet Alfie Omega and uh, and, and Rachel Summers uh, or no Rachel, uh, Ra- you know Rachel Summers Fe- is the Phoenix, is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she and Alfie Omega fight, and it's the power of the Phoenix Force that defeats him. So anyway, Nth Man, the Ultimate Ninja. No kidding. Fun comic book. It lasted. Um, 13 issues it was supposed to be 24 they canceled it so uh he had to basically rewrite uh the last two episodes and and there's even a time jump so like from one issue to the next issue he jumps ahead one year in order to complete the story arc so but i i I have them all i think no i'm sure you do because i remember like you were the only one and i remember thinking the art didn't look very good but then yeah. you started telling, I, I don't remember the story, but I do remember you telling me the story as a kid and me going, okay, that sounds kind of cool. And yeah. never reading it, but I do remember uh, Larry Hama. And of course, you know, he wrote Wolverine for a long time. He uh, He's most famous for, for running on, you know, basically coming with the background to all the Joe characters. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's it like here's the thing it, it's a crazy it's a it's a crazy plot it was very fun um i think it would have made it it's it's really too bad that in 1987 he didn't find canon films to make this a movie uh but it would have been too it would be expensive. a total canon movie <laughs> it's totally. too expensive for them but uh white and, and yeah again whitewash just john doe I, I don't think i even need to tell you because he's an american ultimate ninja he's 
white as snow uh and uh and uh, yeah trained from birth in a by a by a sensei to be the best ninja in the world i think also the nth man also might have some innate psychic abilities i can't remember that part or not i don't think they talked about it a lot i think it's kind of like you remember how cable used to hide the fact that he had mutant abilities for a while like he didn't let it on i think it was kind of one of those things where he didn't really use his powers very much because like alfio eagle he was worried that they were going to go out of control okay that's the nth man the ultimate ninja well and then i shall contribute to the comic book portion of this as well and i will bring up what uh i you know every every genre needs its body swapping or, you know, Freaky Friday character. And I chose Psylocke, the, oh, yeah. the ninja on the X-Men team who didn't start off as a ninja, started off as the younger or the twin sister to um, Captain Britain. Uh, I did a little bit of research and then I went to uh, Tracy, who I knew would be like the nice you know cliff notes version that i i and i said you know what are what are the things i need to cover and she was like who you know just there's a lot to cover there's a lot to cover with her but i think the most important thing to start off with was is she was basically she she's this british woman who's eventually body swaps with an asian ninja who is also a, a mutant and, and then gains her mutant powers um I but how does she, she become a ninja at that point? Swapping bodies doesn't mean swapping training, but yet oh, Psylocke somehow well, Psylocke okay, somehow well, comes well, out of this with ninja training. Yeah, Psylocke and, was, uh, you know, I, I remember her her costume and seeing her in lineups because I, I jumped onto the X-Men after she was already an Asian woman. Um, yeah. British-minded Asian woman. Um yeah. Now, if that isn't colonialism in comics, I don't know what is. <laughs> but wh when I jumped on, I, you know, I just knew her as like Psylocke, as in like, you know, this really cool costumed yep. Asian woman with this butterfly and these cool like pink, purple knives, you know, glowing knives coming out of her hand type thing. Um, and I remember seeing like Art Adams drawings from earlier, you know, classic X-Men stories and not knowing who this hooded woman was. And you were the one that said, that's Psylocke. And I remember going, Psylocke's the Asian ninja on the X-Men. That's not Psylocke. Permanent wedgie. Yeah. Yeah. Permanent and, wedgie on that. And I, that was, I would just remember going like, no, that's, did she change costumes? And you were like, she changed bodies. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, I don't know the story exactly how she changes, but she did take on this other mutant's powers and became a martial artist. Uh, also, you know, has the psychic butterfly. Uh, but that was part of her powers you know, before she became. Yeah. And the side blades is the cool thing is about that. what I mean, she inherited with super, this new body. Super cool, yeah. She is just one of, you know, she's one of the most powerful psychics on the planet. Um, she is, you know, she has telekinesis, but she's got, I, while it's a very sexist costume, it's still a pretty damn cool costume too. It, it was, she was made at the height of the cheesecake, you know? Yeah. 
you know, she might as well be drawn by Jim Ballant anyway, you know, the Catwoman artist who yeah, I know. sexified everything. But she was one of the just, I just remember her being really cool. And then she finally appeared on the X-Men cartoon after I had seen, you know, her Jim Lee drawings. And I saw her on the X-Men cartoon. I just remember thinking, oh, crap, she's one of the, you know, she's just a badass. And I wanted, and, and you know, she, unfortunately, she's a British Asian woman. I, she's not sure. Yeah. Yeah, what? Uh, I assume, so I assume, hold on. So let me get this straight. So the, the British woman gets into the body of an Asian woman. The British woman's mind goes into the body of an Asian they woman. They actually swap bodies. They actually swap bodies. Swap. And then the British woman in the new Asian woman's body takes her powers and continues. And I assume the Asian woman who goes into the British woman's body just learns what it's like to live a life where you're not judged all the time and you have immense amount of privilege and she doesn't feel the need to go out her body back. Um, I don't know the story. She does get her body back, but you know, Psylocke is still Psylocke as well, but right. Okay. So she's not the British woman anymore. Okay. That's like, look, we don't, We'll do an entire episode called Psylocke. What happened and when? Why? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, we could probably. Uh, do I that should. Any, you pick. You pick any X Men. We could probably do that. Yeah. I should say that Meredith is, said that she was watching earlier and that she's drinking, so that helps. So I'm just gonna oh, let you know. Yeah. At least one, one watcher. All right. So that's uh, that's Psylocke. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go now to me, and I'm really bothered by how my head sometimes looks so much bigger than yours. And so, like, that's because you have more right. hair. You have you have more hair. No, it's just a huge noggin. I'm just glad that my head healed from like I smacked my head about a week ago, and I was sure I was going to be on camera with this big old knot on my head, but luckily it's healed. no. It looks good. It's got a real nice shape to it. Sheen, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, it's real, real hot. Welcome uh, to look. the podcast called Head Talk. <laughs> Head Talk, where we talk about it. Here, here's a fun thing. I'm going to do something that I shouldn't do because I will uh, not like watching it later on. But look, if I just tuck my head down there, look at that. It's fantastic. Every now and again, and I'm in a, in a video meeting, I get to see the, uh, you know, what no, looks I'll, like I'll it's like Sahara. I didn't, it's, it's, pretty, it's still pretty thick. <laughs> I didn't get a thank you. This this just in. This just in. Rob thinks it's pretty thick. Next week (laughs) on Head Talk, we'll be talking about other things. All right, uh, let's go on to my next person. This is my uh, this is my number two. Two. Uh, And let me take you back to a wonderful time, 2006, when YouTube was new and fun and exciting, and I used to watch. Uh, On the weekly, sometimes the daily, a great show called Ask a Ninja, which was just a guy wearing a black shirt like you are wearing right now, except it was on his face to make a ninja mask out of it. And uh, he would answer questions from viewers. And uh, he would be very funny. And he's an improv. Ask a Ninja was written and conceived by a couple of improvers. And uh, it was always very funny. Uh, each one of those short little I have episodes. never heard of this. I have You've never, never seen Ask a Ninja? No. This never. week on Ask a Ninja, it'd be like, are there any uh, little people ninjas? Yeah, they're called ninjas. And these little suckers are deadly. And that's how he would talk. 
Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I have never I, heard of this. Yeah, Ask a Ninja was like one of my favorite things in the mid-2000s. I would watch it at, at work when I was working my morning show, and uh, I would uh, I would watch that on YouTube, like middle of the, you know, like after it would be released, and um, uh, it would always be super, super funny. And the guy had this, uh, this kind of way to talk, and he was like a bigger, like you could tell, he's kind of like this bigger dude in like a black sweatshirt with a black t-shirt on his face folded in that way to make it look you know like a ninja thing and he would just like answer these ridiculous silly silly questions um and then uh, and then it got kind of like he had a lot of popularity i think he went on to like 2010 or something like that at that point he became like a web series i remember him uh interviewing uh will ferrell and and hater from or not uh not as a ninja yeah, as a ninja, he interviewed Will H- uh, Will Ferrell and then the guy from Napoleon Dynamite for Blades of Glory. And okay. I remember, like, Will Ferrell bringing an energy to that interview. Like, he was a little pissed that this improviser was going to be funnier than him. Uh, so, it's a weird one. But, yeah, Ask a Ninja. You can still find AskAninja.com out there. I will look this up. That sounds yeah, like he had a like brilliant idea. 26 episodes. They're all, like, at most six or seven minutes long. And he would always end with uh, with the phrase, I look forward to killing you later. But it was it's a lot like strong bad emails or whatever, right? I was like saying, somebody would just totally, saying a prompt. It makes me think of strong bad. Totally strong. He bad. would say a prompt and he would just riff on that prompt of a question and he would just make up a BS answer. And I loved it. I think it was right around that time that um, in the Weisenheimers, we were working on this show called Answers, this like form that I was working on where it was like yeah, people yeah, would ask yeah. questions and we would we would improvise an answer and then improvise stuff around it. I was very much in my wheelhouse, but I, I had an entirely different person on the list up until like four hours ago. And I was reminded of, I like my brain was like, what, what about ask a ninja? And I was like, Oh, I got to put him on the list. He's a much better uh, number two yeah. for me. So there you your go. Your original was the blender, right? Or no, the Kawasaki, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think this was the original ninja blender, which uh, like a Vitamax, but like so much cheaper, so much cheaper. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so there it is. Ask I, a Ninja. No, check Please That's check so it awesome. out. Okay, so my number two would probably be my number one if uh, I was younger when this had come out. But I have totally fallen. Like the the Lego movies are wonderful. I think every stinking one of them has been great. They are starting to run out of steam. I think Lego Movie Two was not as fun. But the Ninjago movie, just I just watch and giggle and giggle and giggle. Every character is so ridiculously stupid, and the villain. Hold on a minute, is- Rob. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't switch over. There, Lego Ninjago. There we go. Oh well. Sorry, the, I needed to put I the start all over. And, and no, 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 no. You're fine. Over. Keep going. I was just like. I forgot the I forgot to do the little thing so people know what we're talking about. Lord Garmadon is the best villain I think in all the Lego movies. He's just so ridiculous. And then when when he can't even pronounce his son's name, it's La Lloyd. La- <laughs> no, it's no, Dad. My name is Lloyd. It's clearly yeah. spelled La Lloyd. You you butt dialed me. It's my birthday, Dad. <laughs> I I I just love them. Uh, me and my daughter have watched them multiple times. I think I think 
personally, I think it's the funniest of the Lego movies. But then, you, then I go, well, the Batman movie is pretty great too. And then I think the original is pretty great. You know, they're all great. But. Uh, I I only know about uh, Lego Ninjago from uh, my current boss, who is a, a British woman, not in an Asian woman's body. And I like <laughs> the way that she says Ninjago in her like uh, in her accent is very funny. Well, my son's very much into Ninjago. And it's uh, the way she tries to wrap her uh, pronunciation around that is, to me, quite fun. Uh, but I've, I've never actually seen the movie. Uh, well, a little bit of trivia. Ninjago mm-hmm. is short it's... for Ninja Go. I would not have figured that out by reading the letters yes. N-I-N-J-A-G-O. Honestly, if you like the Batman Lego movie or you like it, the thing that like I think hurts it is there is no real pop culture references that you know going into like at least with the first Lego movie you kind of you knew there were like Wizard of Oz and Batman and other characters in it um, with the Batman movie obviously it's all Batman centered but with this Ninjago movie I didn't think I was going to like it at all other than okay it'll probably have you know kid humor it's got such wonderful adult humor and the voices are so, I, I forget the actor's name, but he played the uptight stiff guy who comes in later on the seasons of the office. Um, and he's playing a robot yeah, ninja fun. with ice powers. And he, he's a great, just almost Vulcan S type straight man throughout the rest of the thing. Um, I can't recommend it enough. It's one of the funniest movies I think in a long time. I'm I'm looking it up for you. Was it? Uh, let's see here. Is it? It's not. Is it Helms? Is it Ed Helms? No, it's not Ed Helms. No, it's not Ed Helms. Uh, he he was one of the. Uh, he played uh, Gabe. On, oh. Okay. On, um, and he was also in. Uh, he played. He played almost the exact same character on. Uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Ninjago sounds wonderful. I will add it to my list of movies that you've recommended. Uh, <laughs> I will never. Ah, uh, it's just hard. It's just hard for me. I don't. I don't know. You have a younger kid. You know. I mean, I don't remember. Yes, true. I, I don't remember telling you about you know Barbie life in the dream house being awesome. No, and I can't and my being like, let me run out and get up. My daughter never went through this super, super, I don't want to say girly, but those type of, you know, that she, and maybe that's because of my influence because I was watching things like, you know, superhero related stuff. Um, I've been really lucky with what she watches because she watches a lot of things that I think are fun. Yeah. Well, iCarly's fun too. Telling you, it's good stuff. Uh, All right, here we go. Here's my, uh, here's my number one. This is my top list. Uh, The one that I thought was the best ninja uh, in pop culture, and that is uh, Master Splinter. Here's a here's a rat. Here's a rat who learns ninjutsu from watching his sensei, his master, and then when he uh, gets goo on him and becomes a human slash rat hybrid, he teaches his sons ninjutsu. First of all, a single dad trying to make it in New York. <laughs> 
Yeah. His only yeah. his only skills are ninjaing. And let me tell and, you, and he, ninjutsu is just isn't like it does it's not the growth opportunity you think it is, especially if you're not into killing people. And uh, also they can't afford much. They're living in the sewers. Living in the sewers. Uh I mean, there are some classic single dad things like giving them pizza all the time because he's not about to cook something. Cut some with you know. scissors. Cut some with scissors. Uh, <laughs> uh the, the pizza, not the pizza, not, not the, the kids. kids. Not the kids. It took me a minute, Cobra, for me to get your reference, yeah, but all right. Cool. Yeah. Uh no, I really I you know, Splinter's cool. I think uh I think I this is my like I'm not gonna choose which which turtle? Uh, teenage mutant, yeah. Which teenage mutant ninja turtle is the best? Uh, um, but the, the I'll go with Splinter. The thing that's odd about that pick yeah, is hold on. So the screen is hard to tell which way my hand is. So I'm screwing up my own hand. <laughs> I love I love being on virtual stuff. This is fun times, guys. Yeah. Okay. Go okay, on, Rob. So you chose the, I believe, the movie, uh, the movie origin of Splinter. When I thought the cartoon or the oh yeah, I think that maybe where it was he was an actual man who then who turned into, into a rat. A rat. I, I think I, actually that the is that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the art the role playing game version two because I can't I remember thought that was the comic version was that that he was a man he's a man who turns no, into a rat I, I don't remember what but I do know the one you just said is the movie is the, version the movie one where it's the rat yeah. so look I look it doesn't yeah, I think the man or a rat seeing the rat mimicking hey. his master yeah. is pretty cool it's it's not animation it's it's puppetry yeah um, it's, it's pretty cool and it's and, the absolute best and uh look it's really hard to find uh you know, it's really hard to raise four boys on your own. Um, it's really hard to make them as strong of a family as he made them. I mean, especially especially when you four got a boys, dude, for one of them. I mean. Right, so many diverse personalities in those four boys. Also, very refined. Name another rat out there who's like looking at Renaissance painters and being like, "Yes, that's what I want to." That's my kids. Like you know. Surprised those kids weren't named after just yeah. But what, what I want to know is okay. So you got three high Renaissance and one low Renaissance. What? Right. Why, do, why does Raph? Why does Raph have not Raph? I'm sorry. Why does Donatello have to be the low Renaissance one and the other three are high Renaissance? I uh, I think that's because as a low Renaissance one, that's why he's always working with tools. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't think I was going to make logical sense? No, of you you uh, you shut my you shut my Renaissance. Yeah, yeah, take that and your your high versus low Renaissance. I don't need your classes demarcations. Um, all right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In both the original I... comics and the live action movies, Splinter is a pet rat of a ninja named Hamato Yoshi in Japan. Intelligent for his species, Splinter is able to learn ninjutsu art by mimicking his master's moves while he practiced. So it is in the original as well as the movie. I wonder if it's a cartoon I'm thinking of. Because yeah. I wouldn't have come I think up it is. with a... I think it's yeah. the cartoon makes him a man because then he... Because uh, of the, the origin of the ooze and all that stuff. Because yeah. Splinter and, uh, and Shredder were both part of the same right. plan in the cartoon. Right. Yeah. So yeah. 
But what doesn't I explain is I get that Splinter gets doused with mutagen and becomes a rat, but why does he seem like 70 years older than Shredder? Fair point, right? yeah. Splinter is always like, oh, my boys, no, Donatello, Ravel, you must help Leonardo. Because the master's got to be like old and cool. Old. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from Splinter. I think I've talked enough about my hero, Ninja Master slash Rat slash Father of Four Boys. Yeah. Well, um, probably the only ninja left that we haven't talked about, but we've probably talked about in other episodes. A lot. Is Snake Eyes. Dun, 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 dun. Now, I put right. Snake Eyes so, Storm Shadow on here. Well, I, I've got Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow kind of as a package duo. I think you can't mm -hmm. really discuss Storm Shadow without bringing up Snake Eyes. But the funny thing about Snake Eyes was is he wasn't originally intended to be a ninja at all. Um, he was spare parts, uh, basically a cost-cutting thing. They just painted a bunch of character pieces together black and put it out and called it a commando. And I think it kind of took a life of its own. It became amazing. Uh, it, it is the origin of it is kind of silly when you think about it. And, but he's just the coolest visual character in all of GI Joe. He, uh, they just put out a comic book where GI Joe takes on Batman. Um, or I'm sorry, where snake eyes takes on Batman. Um, I believe it just came out. Um, it's okay. So to, to summarize what 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 uh, Snake Eyes's origin is is he is a commando who, in an accident, uh, it was it was on a mission, but I think it was at the end of the mission. Got there was a yeah. blast, blew up his face, but he was already being trained. You know, he had been trained um, as a ninja, but then something happened to his face, and most importantly, something severed his vocal cords. <gasps> so he can talk, uh, making him super. Why silent. didn't he just use one of these things? Well, do you really do you really want a ninja with? A, with I think the coolest part was you know, you know he started off with the goggles, but yeah. when they upgraded him in the I I believe it was the second season or second mini series of GI Joe where they gave him the visor that was like looks like a knight. Mm -hmm. That's when it was like he solidified and became the coolest visual looking ninja ever. Um, and then you have, you know, a, a bandolier full of grenades. Two ninjas swords. known for grenades. And then and then you have him find a timber wolf. Name it Timber. He just becomes like just the package deal of the coolest visual character I think ever. You know in in military G.I. Joe history. I, I... Well, and he's a really good ninja because like, for instance, let's say he and a sailor with their timber wolf <laughs> and their parrot have to infiltrate an underground Cobra base. And they do so by attacking two Cobra guys, taking their clothes and then going through. And he's still wearing his full snake eyes mask yeah. just under a hat not talking. I thought he wore his like dog a, and his parrot. Was an episode where he was in a dress and had a like probably a wig on and a hat probably. on? I, maybe I'm with the whole thing. Different. Yeah. Uh, 
he okay did you know he was uh after after his duty before he joined gi joe he was a wandering vagabond uh uh-huh. he he was actually living off of uh this uh Nope. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's just my wife getting my dog. Sorry. <laughs> he was living uh, he was living off of uh, um what's the word I'm thinking of? Disability. He was working yeah. uh, living off disability uh and it wasn't until GI Joe came along and said we need you that you know he, he you know afford to he was a master of hand-to-hand combat and then you know the story with with Storm Shadow that makes it a much more dense where it's like they trained together. They came up together. They've both been retconned many times. Yeah. But in every incarnation, he's still a blue-eyed, blonde-haired American Joe guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Storm Shadow is, you know, your Asian. Ninja. They're, they're tra- Japanese, if, I'm assuming. I don't know if they ever said specifically his i don't know i mean he's ninja they're, they're from japan so okay. you would assume right um yes maybe i don't know i yeah i get i look i love i love uh i love snake eyes uh snake eyes is dope um uh i that 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 trope of uh, uh, we were like brothers, and then one of them betrays the other one, or jealousy, isn't it? Like Storm Shadow is uh, jealous of Snake Eyes's. Uh, Snake Eyes keeps excelling in class with um, the and becomes better, and Storm Shadow doesn't like it, so he, he sabotages Snake Eyes and kills the sensei or something like that. And, yeah, frames Snake Eyes. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a retcon. I don't remember what some of the original was. I also remember there have been incarnations where uh, Cobra Commander's origin is somehow woven in there as well. That Cobra Commander was the one that actually killed the Sensei or or Zartan. Um, there have been there have been. It's fuzzy because I mean I, I haven't kept up with the current comics and I know that uh, GI Joe Renegades redid the story and that was more of like what the movie did, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. And the movie was like they were, they, you know, children together. But my the the thing that like always caught me was I thought that Scarlet and Duke were an item. Mm. But it turns out, really, Scarlet and Snake Eyes are the are the real item. And wow, how, how do you you know, you know, how do you hook up with that? I how do you not hook up with that sexy ninja with the scary face and the no voice well, you know i don't that sounds actually know. like a perfect that sounds like a perfect partner to me hey rob we're running out of time we've got to pick okay, a winner sounds good um i'm gonna put up uh right now who i think should be the winner and uh and that is the kawasaki ninja it, it's a great nimble bike very fast it's very loud so if you have a small penis and uh-huh. you want to impress people, you can drive your Kawasaki Ninja very fast on a highway, and everyone around you will hear it. It's in, it's a great it's a great thing. Definitely my pick for number one. Who's your pick for number one? Uh, I, I oh, is it Snake gonna... Eyes? Go with Snake Eyes still? No, I no, I was gonna go with the Blender. I... Oh, so very, very loud. Uh... Yeah, uh, and again, it's a it's a very it's a very good Blender. 
you don't have the, the the money for a Vitamix, the Ninja gives you all the same features, but for half the cost. Uh, I like the the Ninja Blender as well, so uh, I'm not sure who wins this one. Uh, I guess I, I, it's my birthday. I get a win. Yeah, I guess it's the Ninja Blender. The ultimate ninja, everybody, is the Ninja Blender. So there we go. Hooray. Master Ninja I will, theme song. I will take the loss on this one. Happy birthday to you, you giant dork. Uh, because you're the winner and I'm the loser, you get to say, of course, uh, our parting words. Uh, it's a catchphrase um, that, uh, of course, first came down from the Ito uh, region. See, that's Ask a Ninja right there. Uh, the Ito Prefecture, uh, uh, a wandering vagabond or spy, a uh, a warrior without the same sort of uh, code of Bushito. Our uh, our our uh, our catchphrase first written some scrolls uh, called Shinobi, and have been passed down for generations uh, by a secret organization closely tied to the Yakuza and to the Katsu, our podcast which, of course, is just an arm of the Yakuza. So, uh, Rob, say our parting words. Wise men say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Let this be a lesson. If you turn your back on your first evil master in an effort to go straight, you may never receive creamy biscuits.